Our Easter gospel for this morning comes from Matthew chapter 28. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead and indeed is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Please be seated. Invite any kids that would like to come up to come forward and join me for the children's time. Alleluia. Christ is risen. It's risen indeed. Alleluia. Who knew that the tambourine played such an important role in the Bible? When I think of the tambourine, I immediately think back to the TV show, The Partridge Family. Does anybody remember The Partridge Family from the 70s? Man, I loved that show. And I remember Tracy Partridge playing that tambourine alongside David Cassidy and Shirley Jones as they led the family band. I have to confess that I still listen to the Partridge Family Christmas album, even after all these years. But that's a story for a different holiday. The most famous tambourine moment in the Bible, and maybe in all of history, was in the story of the Exodus, when the Israelites crossed through the parted waters of the Red Sea, and Miriam, Moses' sister, danced and sang and played the tambourine to celebrate their deliverance. And the question that arises when you spend far too much of your week thinking about tambourines, as I have done, is why did Miriam have a tambourine with her in the first place? Why did Miriam have a tambourine with her at all? Remember, Miriam and the Israelites had to rush to gather their things quickly when Pharaoh finally relented and said that they could leave Egypt after the final plague. It happened so fast that their bread didn't even have time to rise, and so it remained unleavened. In this rush, in reaching for whatever she could carry, Miriam grabbed her tambourine. Now that is crazy. No one puts a tambourine in their go bag. Some clothes, yes, food, meds, important documents, sure, but not a tambourine. But she did. And strangely, this moves me. Miriam took that tambourine and she carried it to the shores of the Red Sea when they had no idea how they were going to cross it, pinned between the waters and Pharaoh's armies. She carried it with her through the parted waters of the sea across to the far shore where they washed those armies consumed by the crashing waters. And then she pulled out her tambourine and sang and danced. Miriam had that tambourine with her because she believed and she trusted God's promise. She expected, even though she didn't know how, that God somehow, some way would deliver them, that there would be something to celebrate 
and she was going to be ready to rejoice when it happened. So she packed her tambourine. I mean, what incredible faith. To this day, in Hebrew, the tambourine is referred to as the Toph Miriam, literally the drum of Miriam. And our reading from Jeremiah calls back to the story of the Exodus. It proclaims hope, restoration, and a homecoming for exiles, reminding them of God's love and faithfulness. And it too includes the tambourine. Jeremiah writes, At that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of the world, and they shall be my people. The people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. When they sought for rest, the Lord appeared to them from far away. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you and you shall be built. Again, you shall take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Jeremiah proclaims that in the same way that Miriam celebrated God's deliverance at the Exodus, the exiles would return home to the sounds of singing, dancing, and the tambourine, celebrating God's faithfulness and their newfound freedom. And God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. For us, this is what Easter is about. The everlasting love of God who refuses to let us remain consigned to our own brokenness, but send Jesus to live and die and rise again so that we might truly live. Easter, like the Exodus, is all about what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do, always bringing life out of death, freedom from the captivity of our sin, and wringing hope from despair. And today we respond in thanksgiving and celebration with singing and dancing. Well, maybe not dancing, maybe some swaying. That's kind of our speed here. But even playing the tambourine, led by our youngest ones. In Matthew's account of Easter morning, the two Marys come to the tomb, and we generally think of the women coming to the tomb in mourning, carrying burial spices to anoint Jesus' dead body. That's what it says in Mark and Luke. But Matthew does not say that. In his book, Matthew in the Margins, Warren Carter suggests that they have come to the tomb in hope. He says, these women have followed Jesus from Galilee, they have had numerous opportunities, direct and indirect, to hear his teaching that he must die and be raised. They have faithfully witnessed his accurate teaching about his crucifixion and burial. They come to the tomb awaiting his resurrection. And so, in my mind's eye, and maybe you can behold this in your mind's eye too, I imagine the Marys coming to the tomb not carrying burial supplies, but holding tambourines. These women stayed with Jesus during his passion and crucifixion. They saw the pain and terror that he experienced. They watched him breathe his last breath, and still, and still they come to the tomb expectantly, hopefully believing in the promises of God, ready to rejoice just like Miriam. Then the angel appears and says, do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has been raised, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. Tell the other disciples. 
So the Marys leave the tomb with fear and great joy in their hearts, and suddenly they run into Jesus and fall at his feet and worship him, and he says, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Do not be afraid. One commentator points out that when the angel says, Do not be afraid, or when Jesus says, Fear not, it is not assurance that nothing can go wrong because often things do go wrong. It is not assurance that everything turns out for the best, because it doesn't always. Rather, it is assurance that whatever may happen to us, whatever a day may hold, God has the power to strengthen us and uphold us, that whatever we must face, we do not face it alone, that nothing we encounter is stronger than God's love, that ultimately God gets the last word, that in the end and sometimes even before the end, God's love is triumphant. For this reason, we can carry our tambourines into the world knowing that God is always about to do a new thing, that God's love will triumph over any situation, and we will be ready to rejoice. Heeding Mary's words, the disciples went to Galilee, and there Jesus meets them and commissions them to make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the very last thing he says to them is, remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. They went back to the start of their story in Galilee and discovered a new beginning for the life of the world. They went to the place that was most familiar to them and found it transformed by the resurrected Christ. One commentator talks about what Galilee must have meant for the disciples, saying, Galilee is not only a place where Jesus had promised to gather his scattered sheep again, it is also the place where his ministry, which embodied the dawning reign of God, had been lived out, where he called his disciples, taught the crowds, showed compassion on the suffering, offered the weary rest, spoke in parables, fed the multitudes, blessed the children, challenged a rich man, and taught about a Messiah who would suffer. The point of telling his disciples to meet him in Galilee is straightforward. The risen Jesus is expected in the places of his once and future ministry, in all those places of graceful endeavor, where healing, feeding, teaching, and even suffering are undertaken in his company. There they were, in the same place, in a completely different moment, in a new reality because of the resurrection. In this, Matthew reminds us that the story of Easter only begins at the open tomb. It continues in the places that we live and move and have our being, in the places that are most familiar to us, our homes, with our families, in our daily work, wherever we go and whatever we do, Whatever we experience, both the good, the bad, and the ugly. For just like Galilee, all these places have been transformed by that first Easter Sunday. They too have become the places of new hope and new beginnings. Our Easter stories only start here in worship. Our Easter story has only just begun. Easter happens in all the places that we will go from here. And so we go forth like the Marys, with awe and great joy, expectant, hopeful, with new eyes. We go from the tomb and we go from here expecting resurrection, knowing hope, strengthened in our trust in God's promises, ready to experience and share that everlasting love of God. 
like Miriam and Mary's and now our kids, we will carry our tambourines out into the world, a world that is the same and yet changed, a world that is challenged in so many ways, but that also teems with the promise of resurrection. We go back into a world that can be hard, but where God also gives us so many reasons to rejoice. So today, let us go from here to meet the risen Christ in all the places we will go. And don't forget to take your tambourine. Amen.